My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Basha here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Nicole Hess. She empowers high vibe entrepreneurs to attract unicorn clients without the struggle of cold outreach using energetically aligned social selling strategies. She's also the host of the Real Unicorns Don't Wear Pants podcast. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming on. It's so great to be here. I can't wait to dive into this today. Likewise, it's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Well, in short, I am a mouthy bartender that became a mouthy millionaire in just 13 months when I first got started as an online client attraction coach. I took the skill set from being able to build like a very loyal bar following and translated that into an online course uh, marketing, teaching people how to use social media to attract their ideal clients and to create and captivate their audiences. So it's been a pretty wild ride. Um, you know, the business now has done just over two. 2.6, 2.7 million um, wow. in less than three years. And, you know, that's 2,200 clients. So it's it's been pretty crazy. That is amazing. I want to hear more about, you know, what led up to this transition. You're a mouthy bartender. What happened? What, what got you started in marketing? I got fired. <laughs> I got fired. <laughs> I got fired from two jobs in the same month. Um, and it's funny because ironically enough, I got fired after I got sober. I stopped drinking, right? I had a day, I had a moment, I had a thing and I stopped drinking. Um, and then six months later, like my entire life started to change. You know how that happens where it's like you, you get the feeling of doors closing to open different doors, right? Um, and so I got fired from two very, like one job I had been at for I, for five years. And so like I was, I was the manager there and like I, I was completely blindsided by being fired, right? So I got fired from that job. And then the other job was this job that I was, I mean, I was making a thousand dollars a night. Right. So it was like, wow, everything was just gone. Right. In one snap, I went to Bali with my mom and then I came back. Everything started to change. Um, when I came home, I met my now husband. Right. So we met and we had a very kind of whirlwindy romance and then in the process of that, I finished up my last bar consulting contract. I went to Italy with my uh, with my husband for a month, and then we came back. And I was like, "What am I going to do? Like, you know, like what am I going to do now?" Yeah. Um, I fell into a Facebook ad funnel, as you do. Before I knew what a funnel was, I hadn't touched a computer since high school. I knew nothing about tech, like literally not techy at all. And I fell into this thing where it was it was a Facebook ads course, right? And I'd never taken an online course before it was expensive and I was scared, but I like, I was like, well, I don't, I need this. Like I need to do something different. I need to try something. Um, and I can always apply this to like my bar consulting clients in the future. And so I took the Facebook ads course and there were 90, not 19, 90 modules. Right. So I did all 90 modules in two weeks. And then I went out there and got 10 clients in six weeks, made $20,000 recurring revenue. And I was like off to hmm. the races the coach in that program was like, wait a minute, <laughs> you got 10 clients like in six weeks. And I was like, yeah, and he, like what? Like it's hard. Like I, I didn't know <laughs> do that. Right? Um, and he's like, okay. so you, 
teach that to other people in here? And I was like, sure. And there was like all these like little old men that were like my old bar regulars kind of feel, you know, and they were so techie and so smart. And I was so bad at the, like the pixel and all the Facebook ad shit. Like I had no oh idea, what I was doing. but I was good at getting clients. Right. And so I taught all these old men what I was doing on social media and then they did it and then they got clients. And then the coach in that program was like, bitch, please stop doing Facebook ads. Cause you kind of suck at them. You should go over here and teach. You should be a client attraction coach. And I was like, cool. What's that? <laughs> right. Um, and it was so fast. Like I opened my Facebook group. I launched my beta. I sold 20 people into the beta. Um, and before you know it, I grew the Facebook group up to 10,000 people in the first six months. I made $150,000 in that same amount of time. I had my first six figure month, eight months in. And then at 13 months, I hit my first million. It was so many questions. So many questions. <laughs> I, I want to know why you got fired, but I think more than anything, I want to know what exactly are you doing differently than everybody else that has allowed you to have this kind of success? Yeah. Um, well, I got fired. I mean, this, this is just a stupid story, right? It's like, it was a Monday, <laughs> you know, it was a Monday. Okay. <laughs> I worked the Monday afternoon shift at this bar that I managed. And, um, you know, it was kind of like my fun shift. And so all my regulars were there. It was like, you know, popping on a Monday because lots of people like to drink in Reno on a Monday. Right. And um, one of my friends fell asleep at the bar. Okay. And you can't do that. You know, that those are the rules. If you fall asleep with shoes on, you know what happens, right? <laughs> okay. You get Sharpie on your face in a very specific shape. Okay. <laughs> very specific. <shape>. Um, <laughs> And one of the girls who was sitting at the bar came by with a sharp, she's one of the bartenders that was off duty. And she drew a very specific shape on this guy's face when he was falling asleep, right? And we all had a good laugh. We took videos, everybody, everybody has fun, right? Well, mm -hmm. I got fired because I let the other bartender draw this dick on this guy's face. And not that he complained because he, he knew the rules, right? Um, right? So I got fired for that. The best part of this, they took that bartender that did that and made her the manager and gave her my job. <gasps> No. Yes. Yes. What? Yeah. And the second bar that I got fired from was actually because I got sexually harassed by the manager. And I, and like, okay, my line for sexual harassment is way out there, right? Like, you know, I put up with a lot of shit. I've been in the bar industry since I was 15 years old. Like, I am, I am no, like, you know, I, I'm no spring chicken. <laughs> like I, I know what I'm in. Yeah. For. Restaurant industry and, as a whole yeah, you, sucks you when it comes to stuff like that, but you, but you, you learn, you kind of learn how to just put up with it. I mean, you can't make a yeah. comment every single time it happens because you're going to go insane doing that. So you kind of, your tolerance does kind of build up. I get what you're saying there. I'm sorry. Go on. It, it totally does. And so like my tolerance is super high, but this guy was just, it was just way out of line, right. Way out of line. And it finally got to the point where like, I hit the breaking point where, cause he was like sabotaging my shifts. He was sabotaging my money, you know? Um, and so I went and I talked to the owners about it and guess who got fired? Not him. You. Yeah. I got fired for it. Um, and in Nevada, it's a, it's an at will work state. So it was like, you know, I went and I talked to the lawyer and the lawyer was like, well, I mean, you're going to spend 20 grand chasing them probably to get nothing. It's like, it's not even worth it. You know, I mean, the system is broken. Right. So, yeah. um, got fired from that. And I mean that it, it's just goes to show, right. Like that that's, that's how alignment works is like, when you start to change, when you start to shift, when you start to become a different version for yourself, it's not just about what's going to happen. It's about what stops happening. Right. It's like the bar world just shut me out. And if, at the time it felt terrible, it felt like the worst thing in the world, but really looking back, getting fired was the best thing that ever fucking happened for me. Right. Getting in that space changed everything. If I, if I wouldn't have got fired, I would have stayed forever.
I mean, that was the universe trying to tell you, like, listen, Nicole, like you're done with this. We are pushing you out. You are not allowed to come back in. Yeah. Everything I'm I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And I'm so glad that things worked out for you. Now, for my second question, what are you doing differently than everybody else that allows you to get these kinds of results? Well, I mean, when I look at my clients, right, and I look at my client base and I look at the industry, um, I can tell you that you know, I didn't come to this with no skill sets, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I was a bar consultant. I became a bar consultant at 24 years old. Um, I was helping bars go from $15,000 a week to $150,000 a week. Like, so I had good business acumen. Um, I know how to build something, but I will tell you what I do completely differently than every other coach in this industry is that I build from the context of brick and mortar. I don't build a virtual thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. everything that I do is raw and visceral and real. And every decision that I make is very intentional in the space of thinking about like, how would I do this if I had to like, you know, if I had to build this in real life, how would I build it? And so all of my programs, all of my uh, marketing strategies, all of my masterclasses, my virtual events, all of those things are really built from a real life context. So they're very visceral. They're very like sensory involved. And so it just draws people in. I mean, kind of the running joke with my clients is that my whole intention is that I'm going to ruin you. I will ruin you for every other coach and you will never want to work with anybody else ever again, because (laughs) it feels so much different Um, rather than these kind of surface level virtual can be very, very boring. You know, it can be very like disingenuous. Um, But I build everything with the intention in my head that like, how would we do this if this was a bar today? I built all of my programs and my markets like bars. That is really cool. That's a great way of looking at it. Okay, next question. So a lot of people talk about, you know, when they go from like zero to a hundred in terms of income, that it can be really hard to adjust. You know, you're not used to making that kind of money. So when it's coming in, you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, what am I supposed to do with it? Like you're spending all of it. What what were some of the challenges that you came across scaling that quickly? Yeah. I mean, the hater rate is fucking real, right? Like, I mean, I think that that was probably the hardest part. I mean, I'm not a super likable person in the first place. Like I definitely like had burned plenty of bridges, um, in bartender lands and, you know, got labeled like too aggressive and all that. Um, you know, so I was definitely accustomed to people like hating, but there's no hate, like money, hate, money, hate is completely different when you are more successful than other people. And they feel like that you shouldn't be, they, I mean, the messages that I got on Facebook were fucking insane. Like, I mean, people like coming out of the woodwork, like people I went to high school with that I haven't talked to in 15 years, right? Like sending me messages, like how dare I, right? Like how Mm -hmm. dare I talk about money on the internet? Um, So like definitely the hate was tough. Um, Then also this feeling of like, you know, I don't know about you, but I can be a bit of a people pleaser, right? Like service industry does that shit to you. So like, I have that feeling of like wanting to help people. And so when I started talking about how much money I was making, I was not just getting hate mail. I was also getting a lot of people asking me for money, right? Which was Mm -hmm. really, really challenging to deal with those like emotions inside of people sending you like this big, long story about like their kid who needs a kidney or like, you know, whatever, like these, these very like challenging, emotionally driven stories. Um, when you go from zero to hundred like that, and you like get onto everybody's radar, like that's the problem. Like you're visible, right? You're super visible and being seen like that is, is scary. Like, and people 
people have no fucking no scruples right like they have no problem coming in and being like hey can i have some money or like hey you shouldn't be doing this um it's so amazing that keyboard warrior sense that people would never do that shit real. <laughs> but on yeah, the internet yeah. they feel free to do it and so i think for me emotionally it was very challenging um to be so to be so much in the spotlight i'm an introvert by nature in bartender land i built a bar persona to be able to bartend um so being so visible um it, it was raw. It was scary a lot of the times. Is that something that you still are experiencing or have you kind of figured out how to, how to manage that and how to deal with it? I mean, I think that I will probably always feel it in some capacity, right? Um, being an introvert, I do not enjoy the spotlight. The spotlight is not my favorite thing, right? Like I yeah. would rather be in the audience <laughs> than on stage. Um, and so like, I don't know that that will ever go away. Um, but I definitely have a lot more like emotional regulation tools to help me through that. Like, you know, being able to soothe core distressing emotions. It's a lot of what I help my clients with. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, what I do inside of, of my program, yes, I help you to scale your business and I help you to like kick ass and take names. Right. But the way that we do that is by learning to feel safe, to feel any feeling when we're safe to feel any feeling like world's your fucking oyster because you know, you're okay with failing. You're okay with disappointment. You're okay with people sending you hate mail, right? You're okay because you know, you're not going to die from that feeling, right? All feelings right. will flow, all feelings will change and you won't feel this feeling for forever. And so through emotional regulation, it's not that I don't feel those feelings. It's just that I know how to effectively feel those feelings. And I mean, a lot of times turn it into content, right? That's going to serve and help somebody else. Right. So let's talk about um, unicorn client attraction secrets. Why do you call them unicorns? What's the deal behind that? You've got, you've, you've got this whole unicorn thing going on. So let's dive into that a little bit. Did you ever see The Last Unicorn when you were a kid? Do you remember that movie? No. Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was a book, right? It was a book first and they turned it into a movie and I was totally obsessed as a child, right? Like totally obsessed with unicorns. I liked unicorns when it wasn't cool to like unicorns. Um, I loved my little ponies. I never touched Barbies. Like I was like that girl, right? Like every year for Christmas, I just wanted to, I just wanted the damn pony. Okay? <laughs> yes. I'm still waiting, right? I'm still waiting for my damn pony. So I think you could get a pony now, <laughs> right? <laughs> get my own damn pony. I don't need you, Santa. <laughs> right? I think, I think that's in your, I think you, I think you could swing it. Yeah. It's in budget these days for sure. Uh, but I was been totally obsessed with this my whole life, but inside of this story, specifically with the last unicorn, um, this magician turns the unicorn into a human. Okay. And one of the lines that she says in the, in the movie is like, I can feel this body dying all around me when they turn her from like an immortal to a mortal. And so like, she's devastated by being human, right? And this is how I have felt my entire life, right? Like a unicorn trapped in a human's body. Like, I don't belong here. I don't get along with other people. I don't know what's wrong with other people. Like, I just, I've always felt that feeling of isolation and just not being one of them, you know? And so that movie has always really stuck with me. And like, as I went from this transition from bartender land, into becoming an online coach, it's kind of like getting to shed that skin of like, I get to be a unicorn. I get to be who I really am. And that context of your true self attracts your true believer. It's like shedding the human skin that I've built to try to fit in. It's like, I just, I just stopped doing that. Like I just stopped trying to fit in. I stopped trying to go along to get along and just said, fuck all you people. I'm going to be myself. And if you don't like it, well, <laughs> there's just one more person that doesn't like me and that's fine. Right. So allowing myself to be in that space, like made the shift. And so when I'm saying unicorn client, a lot of people say these things of like, 
soul aligned clients, dream clients, whatever. I'm not talking about that. Okay. I'm talking about working with people that serve in one way and limit in another, right? Because all people do. And when you have that power of neutrality, which is really what a unicorn represents, it's white, right? It's white. It's all things. Um, being in neutral is not not feeling your feelings. It's actually feeling all of your feelings at the same time, right? And that's what gives you that state of neutrality. And so when I'm saying unicorn clients, I'm saying, I'm going to work with people that I'm going to help them grow, but also they're going to help me grow. This is a reciprocal energy relationship where I'm going to get bigger and better and better because I'm going to work with clients that are challenging. I mean, that's where all the fucking opportunity is at, is inside of the challenge. And people who are so focused on soul and clients and people who are just like them, like-minded is the biggest lie in the game. You want to get to the 1%. It's not about hanging out with people that are like-minded or soul aligned. It's about challenging yourself. It's about challenging yourself to stretch, to grow, to become, because we know that, you know, energetic principle around manifestation, it is be, do, have. And so if you want to become the kind of person that's capable of doing these things to have what you want, you got to change, right? And so I invite clients that will have that reciprocal energy with me that they want to change. I want to change transformation transformational energy is the name of the game I love that you say that I love I, I hate the like soul aligned like it's oh, oh my god it's a little a little too too woo woo for me but what does what does attracting those kinds of clients for you look like I mean really repelling is what it looks like right is the willingness to the willingness to say the things that other people won't say, right? Um, to be kind of in that space of being highly visible. And so repelling the clients that are not interested in change, who are not interested in becoming the next version of themselves, who are not interested in reciprocal energy. I repel those people, which makes space for the people who are. And so I'm not wasting my time chasing and, you know, being in, being on 20 minute calls or sales calls with all of these people that I'm trying to convince to buy my thing. Like I don't do any of that. My marketing strata is based on a principle that I call catalyst marketing. Okay. So catalyst marketing is the concept that I am only going to talk to people who are ready to invest. I will not talk to you. Like my marketing, my, my copy, my sales pages, nothing speaks to someone who's still in their struggle. Okay. If you are obsessed with struggle, you don't want to change. Right. So it's not, what are you struggling with? I don't use any pain point marketing at all. I never twist the pain point knife. Like they fucking tell you to, I don't do any of that shit. I only talk to people who have already been through their pain. They've hit rock bottom. They've had that spark of hope that came with from within themselves. And now they're ready for something new, right? Mm -hmm. That is where all of my marketing is positioned to. So I'm constantly closing clients who are in that space. I mean, hello, there's like 8 billion people on the face of the planet. Like how many do I actually need in order to hit my income goals. Not that many, right? Not 8 billion. Yeah. So I need to talk to everybody. I can talk to people who are specifically at this point in their journey where they're ready to take action. They just don't know they're at a fork in the road, right? Should I go left or should I go right? But they're ready to go. Those are the only people that I talk to. And that's why I was able to make money so fast because I didn't waste my time talking to people who were going to take six to eight months to be ready. You only talk to people who are ready for you right now. Yeah, that's it. So I, I'm just curious. So do you have like sales calls still, or do you just have like a link that somebody can follow and then just, they buy when, when they're ready? I have the capacity for sales calls and I have a team now. Right. But predominantly people buy through, um, a concept that I call wonder retreat, which is a virtual event that we do. And so people will come in, they get a taste. It's like, you get a sample, right? You get to have a little sample. You get to have a little taste. People come through and then they buy. 
right? So it's just a link. They go through the funnel. Um, I do have lots of people. I mean, I had someone yesterday that I literally is not in my Facebook group, is not on my personal page. I have never seen her name before. She's not even on my email list. So I have no idea how she got this link, right? Bought my $12,000 program yesterday. Never talked to her. Wow. Congratulations. I mean, that's, I, I, this is normal for you, but <laughs> it is normal for me. I made $24,000 yesterday, right? That's normal for me, but it's, it's crazy to think about the fact that like, they don't have to go through this thing of like really knowing you and being your best friend and your business bestie before they buy. Right. If they see that you have the results that they want and that you can show them that they, you got those results in a way that energetically aligns with their core values. Why mm -hmm. wouldn't they buy? Yeah, honestly. Yeah. So let's, I want to talk a little bit about crushing unicorn sales goals. <laughs> so I can't do anything normal, right? It's, it's gotta be crushing. It can't be just like making, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, think about this, like as, as a bartender, do you think I ever thought it could be possible to make this kind of money? I mean, like it just, it never even occurred to me, right. To think about that. I remember when I first started all this stuff and like, I had saw, I saw some girl like announce like a $50,000 month that I was like, whatever, like lies. Right. Um, I mean, I made $58,000 this week. Like, I mean, it's, it's normal for me now. Right. But in the beginning, it's like, you can't even fathom it right? You can't even fathom yeah. that kind of money that you could make in one day. You could make the same amount of money that you used to make in one year. Like I do that now. Right. And like, that's insane. So it's like, you have to crush the old limiting belief of what you thought you were worth of what you thought money looked like and open your mind to this other concept of like what actual money goals are, because at some point, like the money, I mean, it doesn't change my life anymore. Right. Like my life is not yeah. going to change today because I made $24,000 yesterday like that, like, okay, three years ago, that would have changed my life. Right. Um, but today, like it, it makes no difference. Right. Like what I, I have a beautiful house. I, I now live in a 5,000 square foot house that I love up on a Hill. Um, you know, I have like deer that like live in my yard. It's, it's like a Disney princess castle up here. Um, you know, I, I, definitely, I donate to charity. I fly anywhere I want to fly first class anytime I want. Right. Like I have all of those things. So it's like adding more money doesn't, it doesn't feel like anything anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. Right. And so it's finding those other things to attach to of like why you do what you do and why you want to create something, um, why you want to have fun with this, because it becomes like playing with money. It feels more like playing a game of monopoly now. Um, than, you know, struggling to survive. And so crushing unicorn money goals, like it's understanding that you're crushing the money itself because the money doesn't matter. It's all impact. Do you ever miss that feeling where, you know, those kinds of sums of money coming into your account was like exciting. It was like, oh my God, like, what, did I, what is this? Like, this is crazy. Yeah, I do miss that feeling. I mean, my coach, one, one of my coaches once told me something that totally changed my life, right? Um, he told me, he said, Nicole, you're only going to make your first million one time. He said, and after that, nothing will ever feel like that ever again. He's like, so, so get up, but also know that the only way that you will ever feel this feeling again is to watch your clients hit their first million. I don't even know what to say to that. Right? <laughs> oh my like god, that, you're so right. You do. You only you only make your first million once. Yeah. Wow. So with the place that you're in today, what is your biggest challenge? 
Um, I mean, I think that it's a challenge to, it's a challenge to stay ahead of yourself, you know, is like to feel the feeling of like continual growth. Um, you have a lot of pressure, you know, that that's, that's the double-edged sword, right? It's that other side of the coin is that when you're visible, everyone's watching you. Right. And as someone who coaches other people about how to make money and how to get clients, like there is that pressure feeling, um, that you want to be able to consistently keep closing clients no matter what, because, it's not even about the money for me, right? But it's about modeling it for my clients so that mm -hmm. they believe that it's possible for them, right? And so that pressure to always be on game, to always perform, to always be in the space of, you know, my last launch being bigger than the last launch, right? Like that feeling of climbing, um, that's probably the hardest part, you know? And like, especially because it's it's harder to motivate yourself when you you don't need it. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't yeah. need more clients. Like, I mean, I don't even need more testimonials. I have thousands of testimonials. So it's like, I don't even need clients that get results anymore because like, I have so many testimonials that it's like, th there's no, you're, need. you're good. Yeah. And so learning how to intrinsically motivate yourself with desire instead of need is a massive challenge, right? Because most of us grew up, I mean, if you didn't grow up affluent, right? You didn't grow up in, as a princess, then, you know, you were motivated by need. You were motivated by that feeling of putting food on the table and making sure that there was a roof over your head. Yeah. Um, that's definitely the world that I grew up in. And so teaching myself to be motivated with intrinsic desire um, is challenging. Mm -hmm. What do you know now that you wish that you had known when you first started? I mean, it's hard to wish for anything because it turned out so fucking good, right? Like I know, I know, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm glad I didn't know what I know now because I think that like in a lot of ways I, I probably wouldn't be here if I did. You know, I, I think that what I did really well was the fact that I I took things one day at a time, right? I was in that space of really feeling that energy one day at a time one client at a time, one win at a time. It wasn't like getting ahead of myself and, you know, putting all this pressure on me. I didn't have any pressure because I had no expectation of this working, right? Like there was nothing. Right. Um, I definitely had the feeling that I could go back to bartending anytime I wanted to, except for the fact that it was in the middle of COVID. Right. And so mm -hmm. I couldn't, like, I mean, I think that that's something else to kind of put into context here is like, I built a million dollar business in the middle of a pandemic. Right. And so when I look back at that, it's like, what advice would I give myself? I mean, on the days when I was crying in the shower, right. Of just like petting my hair and telling myself like that it was going to be okay. I mean, this didn't come without struggle and without strife. Like, you know, there were, there were days of 13 botched sales calls, you know, there were, there were days where losses failed, you know, and you have to get back up again. I mean, I think for, I think people underestimate the power of failure, right. Failure teaches you things that you will never learn in success. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. We are, we are running out of time. So let's cover your podcast really quick before we hop off. What kinds of topics do you talk about on there? Let's start with that. And the no, name really, too. <laughs> yeah. It's really uniform. Don't wear pants. Um, and this podcast is, is the trials and the tribulations it's behind the scenes. And it's actually a homage to my best friend who died in a car accident, um, who I wish desperately that he was here with me to be able to have all of these feelings. And I really would love for him to be able to drive the Bentley. Right. Um, and so the podcast began as, you know, me just kind of talking to him and telling him what I wish I could tell him, what I wish I was there, there for to share in all 
stories. And so it's raw, it's raw and it's real. And it feels like a bar conversation that you're overhearing. Um, and, you know, kind of being in that space. Yes, there's tools and tips and tricks for all of the entrepreneurial stuff. Um, but the underlying story theme and line of this is, is really like the things I wish I could say to my best friend, you know? Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I have like chills right now. I'm so sorry for your loss, but it's, I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. It's like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know that it's just, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the layers of things, right? Like pain in this life is inevitable. It's part of it, but you know, I don't have to choose to suffer anymore. I don't have to choose to be in self-sabotage. And so, you know, being able to, you know, being able to talk to him and, you know, share, share all the things, but, you know, talk some shit like we used to talk, right? Um, That's what, that's what it's all about. And really spending that time connecting with myself when I'm doing the podcast and, you know, you'll hear episodes where like, you know, some, some client fucking ruined my life today. And so I'm talking all about that. <laughs> um, they're unicorns. They're not perfect. They're not soul aligned. Right. So it, it's, it's raw and it's real. And I think that that's why so many people um, gravitate towards it because it's not a typical entrepreneurial podcast. It's, it's, you know, it's me talking to me and me talking to my best friend, you know, mm-hmm. What's the story behind the name? <laughs> okay. So um, <laughs> once upon a time, once upon a time back in bartender land, um, me and my two best friends, we were working at events, right? We were working in events um, and we were just, it was just debauchery. <laughs> like, I mean, it was three o'clock in the morning. We're at this casino bar. We just got done with the event and we were just talking shit as we always talk shit. That was just, you know, we were the three musketeers, right? And so there was this guy that walked up, um, a guy that we don't like, right? <laughs> and he has his like his little pantsuit on. He's all dressed up, thinking he's better than us, and all this shit, right? And he came up to, you know, give us give us a good talking to about about how we should be more professional and all this shit, right? And so about three quarters of the way through, this guy talking, I looked at him and I was like, you know what? Like we don't want to hear this. Like why don't you just leave us the fuck alone? And like my best friend looks at him and goes like, yeah, fuck you and fuck your pants. And so it kind of became this thing that we kept saying, fuck pants. Right. And so when I sat down to create the branding for the podcast, that was the story that came up in my head. And so like, it's tying in the unicorn thing. And it was like, real unicorns don't wear pants, fuck pants. Right. Um, so fuck pants is the tagline of the, uh, of the podcast. That is so funny. That's so funny. I think it's so cool that you're having so much fun with your business and everything is, everything is funny and it's meant to be enjoyed. And it's, that's pretty cool. I really like it. People take themselves too fucking seriously, right? Not yes, get out and I can tell you don't do that at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as we'll a result, about. you attract exactly the kind of people that you want to work with. So yeah. it all works out. Um, what do you, I guess we'll, we'll do this. What do you love the most about podcasting? There's no censorship, right? <laughs> like yeah. Facebook can't come to get me, right? Like it can't come in there and tell me <laughs> what I can and can't say. Um, and you know what I love about my podcast is the fact that like, there's no comments, you know, it's like people can leave reviews or whatever, but I never fucking look at them. It's like that I can do an episode and there's not like this stream of comments where people are like, oh, well, you shouldn't have said this and you shouldn't have done that. Like on Facebook, like you go and you do a yeah. live and you bear your fucking soul. And there's always some Karen in the audience that has something to say about it. It's like, you know, you'd be a whole lot prettier if you smiled, right? Like fuck off. Like there's none of that. And so like being able to just be in your true self energy when you're, when you're actually speaking it like that vibration, like the truth just sounds different, you know? And like in podcast land, there's no, there's nothing stopping you from doing that, you know? And I, it just, it's just more raw. 
It is more raw, but I think the other side to it is because there are no comments, there's, you don't get the validation either. If you are doing something right, you're not hearing it. Yeah. So I guess it's, it kind of, kind of depends on how you want to look at it. All right, Nicole, thank you so, so, so much for coming on. This is pretty fun. Um, If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to find you? Well, you can join the Facebook group. It's called Unicorn Client Attraction Secrets for High Vibe Wonder Women. And if you are in the entrepreneurial space and you are looking to start attracting some clients, I have a free gift for you. So you can go to nonstopnotifications.com and that will give you access to my 100 wonderful ways to get more and better clients. Awesome. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank group, you. if you're, it was a pleasure. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.